were called to make the world brighter, to run on the front lines, to cast vision where it had not yet landed. You are not gifted to be a random burst of energy, but a consistent force that enables the world to hear beauty, see potential, and write stories in a way that points the world to Jesus. Provoke and inspire. Welcome to the Provoke and Inspire podcast. Yes! My name is Ben Pierce. This is David. This is Chad Ochocinco Johnson. Luke Green. <laughs> hello! Hello, everybody! Welcome! And, and you're all here. And Greetings that's Jake from Poland. Over there. Yep, Our technician. There. Yep, that's technician Jake. He's Jake. over there twiddling the knobs, fiddling <laughs> with the dials. Uh, he's over there doing that stuff and making them things. So hey, this Ben, is the- where's Kippy? I thought if I was going to be here in person, I'd get to see okay, Kippy. Okay, I'll tell you what happened uh, to Kippy. Kippy yeah, developed Kip's a lower there. body rash or an LBR. <laughs> And um, <laughs> we had to freeze him from the waist down. Okay, wow. so we put him in, you know, the freezing liquid that yep. Chad developed. Yeah, yeah. We froze him. We sent the lower half to be tested. Currently, the upper half is studying. Kind of like hand solo. It's like a study break. Yeah, yeah. It's like Star Wars. I don't know who who hand solo is. You never watched Star Wars. Is that like Wars? using one hand? That's to slap so sad. Someone? He didn't have it's like, like a, boy. I hit yeah. you. Yeah, hand but solo. but it's but it, but it's not but he it's no not charging. really. It's not really sad for Kip because his lower body didn't work anyway. Yeah. No. So it's not. He's not. Gonna, oh, it was been. It's been Jeez. numb. It's been numb for like ten years. Yeah. And you wow. did that because you needed to still yeah, be able to play drums. He has what's called voluntary numb syndrome. Yeah. Um, it's an experiment. Voluntary VNS, numb syndrome, like he voluntarily wants to be a nun. Yeah. No, it's VNS syndrome. Yes. So uh, you did that because you need him to still play drums, isn't it? You're mm, like he can't. Mm, he's, and he's kind of just a hands-only drummer. It's right. really lame. <laughs> Uh, Notice that like I have chosen to stay above the the rest of you. No, I just didn't. I, I, I got something snappy to say. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can't right. get in on this. That was a good way to try to. Party. Yep. Uh, this is the Provoke and Inspire podcast, calling followers of Jesus to radical faith in secular culture, as it's clearly evident from the beginning of this podcast. <laughs> 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 ah, so no. oh, we're goons. Uh, I want to mention a few things. The first thing I want to mention is Igsaw. And uh, Chad's going to give you a little what is Igsaw speech in 3, 2, 1 now. Go. Igsaw is the community of Come and Live that empowers and supports us and our artists to take the gospel all over the world. So it's essentially a way for those of you who are out there that are experiencing from the Lord something good, something um, that encourages you from this to support us and, and empower us. And so you can go to comeandlive.com backslash Igsaw to sign up. Oh, and I just got a text from Nigel, and he thinks that we should edit out the whole part about Chad? Uh, no, about Kip. All my not, parts. Not, <laughs> about Kip being numb from the waist down. He thought Why? that was inappropriate. Uh-oh. Um, yeah, no, we're going to be keeping that. I thought it was yeah. stimulating and interesting. Yeah. Uh, moving right, on. I'm, just, I'm okay. just telling you what Nigel said. Yeah, I know, but I say nay because Nigel ain't the boss of me of anybody. So moving on to the... David's Random Story. So anyway, when I was started out in... in <laughs> in ministry, <laughs> you, okay. I was with this guy you named Ed, and we decided Ed. that we were going to join the Yugoslavian army. So we hitchhiked down to uh, what was then Yugoslavia, down to Montenegro, and uh, because we thought it'd be cool to be in the Yugoslavian army. Yeah, yeah. Mo- most people do. And uh, but so we went up to the guy that was in charge. And Although now the you need a time travel to pull that. Off. Yes. So we went up to the commandant and. Said hello, we're here. We'd like to be in the Yugoslavian army, and he kept sending us away, saying, "No, you can't be in the Yugoslavian army." 
And uh, so we just decided that, we, okay, we're going to fast and pray. So Ed says, we have to fast and pray. And so we're fasting and praying. We kept going back to, this, to the commandant. And finally, he said, okay, you can be in the Yugoslavian army. And so we're, I'm driving this Yugoslavian <laughs> army jeep and getting up at 5 o'clock in the, in the morning singing the Yugoslavian national anthem. Wow. It was amazing. Yeah, it sounds And these guys crazy. from the, the BBC came, and there's this big bonfire, and they're singing songs about Tito, who is in charge of the country, and they're crying, and, and uh, they're saying, what are you doing here? This is impossible. You know, how can you be in the Yugoslavian <laughs> army? And, an American in the Yugoslavian army. I know, Yugoslavian and so army. we were thinking, how are we going to talk to these, peop- these men about Jesus? Because these guys were really tough men, and the only time that they would breathe air is through a cigarette. <laughs> so they'd be like laying wow. on their they'd be laying on their bunks and as soon as they'd wake up they'd like start take smoking. Out the, yeah, start smoking. And so so Ed and I are going, How can we reach these men? And Ed goes, Let's buy a bunch of cigarettes. So we bought a bunch of cigarettes and then we got these little uh notes and we wrote in Croatian John three, sixteen and seventeen, for God so loved the world that whoever believes in him will not die but have everlasting life and we wrote that in Croatian. Cool. And attached it to the cigarette. Mm-hmm. And we passed it out to everyone in the camp, and all these men wanted to talk to us about Jesus. Oh, the commandant cool. would invite me into his tent and have these long conversations about God. It was amazing what God did. So that was my Yugoslavian army experience. And there's a lot more I could tell, but I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, that it was, was not funny, but it was well, actually quite interesting. Yeah. I was going to say that's not a random story, though. It was very good, but it's not a random Why? story. Why? Why is this? What, what quantifies what? it? But the question is, is, is it, it a, very is purposeful? It a, and in, in, is it a true story? Is no, the question? It's absolutely true. Really? Wow! Yeah. I read it in a book once. It's definitely true. That's okay. true. Yeah. Everyone knows. Well, seven out of nine people know that everything in a book is true. <laughs> yeah, that's right. No, it's until abs- they read, absolutely until true. Until they read Jody's book that tells the real truth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, anyway, all right. Well, uh, that was normally it has something sort of like snarky to say, like that yeah. makes sense. That was, but that cool. was, that that was really, a new uh, test. That did make sense. That was very yeah. inspirational, and so I feel stunned. I feel yeah, I know. In a weird I feel. Sort of way. I feel like one of those newts. Cigarette evangelism. I don't yep. know what that means. Uh, anyway, yeah, yeah. moving on to uh, part two of our series uh, that is centered around Hebrews 10, 20 th- 23 through twenty five. Um, I'm going to read that for us. We just recorded the first one, so it's going to seem redundant, except if you're actually listening to this a week <laughs> apart. Uh, so let me read that for us. It says and this. it's not for us, is it, the podcast? It's it for isn't? the people that listen. I thought you guys just listened to this. Nah, nope. It's, it's not okay. for us. All right. Well, here it is. What's wrong uh, with your hair, Luke? You're supposed to save that for later. His no, hair but, like, I mean, look at his hair. It's yeah, just but like... Each follicle points to a different dream. <laughs> A different dream of what? I mean, did you, did you sleep under a bridge last night, or what's up with your hair, man? I know. It's like, come on. Solidarity with the hobo community. That's the... Uh, oh, um, man. Hebrews 10, 23 through 25. Man, I mean, you just make everything... Sorry, I saw, I saw his hair. What was I supposed to do? I had to respond to it. I can't see someone who's struggling like this. You look at his hair, and you're going, what's wrong, man? Did you, 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 you know, did your pill, you, Did you run out of your <laughs> yeah, schizophrenia <true>. pills? <laughs> It doesn't work for you to talk about other people's hair, David. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> considering, considering you're the guy with the hobo picture at the front of the church. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, you got nothing to say. Anyway, let me transition. Hebrews <laughs> 10, 23-25. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. But encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. 
Uh, in the first part of this series, we talked about the importance of unity, uh, kind of morphed into a more general conversation about community, um, and I thought it was really encouraging and, and really an important discussion because we are meant, even by the, by the very nature of God, in having community within himself, uh, we are meant for this community. We are meant right. to, to serve together, to spur one another on, uh, and, and to really model even for the world what it looks like to have authentic relationships. Um, so the first one is we need to stick together. The second one here is that we need to be prepared to fight. Uh, and so what I want to focus on here is, is the very um, military-style language that Paul uses a lot mm-hmm, in general, mm-hmm. but specifically here. Um, you know, he's saying, like, hold fast and unswervingly and spur on and all these kind of, like, there's, like, always this sort of athlete, military uh, vibe to Boxing, the way Paul. Yugoslavia. Yeah. Now we're just saying random <laughs> nouns. Lamp. Um, to, the way, to the way Paul speaks. And so the question I have is, obviously, in contrast to the very, um, you know, at least the not revelation Jesus, but the meek, submissive, you know, gave his life. It's, yeah. it's this very much a message of peace and, and surrender and love. And yet you have Paul using this very intense military language in all mm-hmm. of his letters. Mm-hmm. Why do you think in the context of this verse, in, in, in our general theme of being fruitful as individuals and collectively, uh, why is this sort of military-style language necessary? Why does Paul speak this way? Well, I think it's because the world's burning. You know, mm-hmm. I think uh, we see such violence everywhere. Uh, marriage has been redefined. People are being raised on pornography I mean, I was just in New Zealand, and there's a whole meth crisis there. They, where I live in New Zealand, which is a very beautiful place, they were saying that like 20% of the people in this really nice part of New Zealand are strung out on meth, mm. you know, and you have the whole op- opioid crisis here in the U.S. Yeah. I mean, and you go to Europe where, like in Poland, mm. they say that in Poland it has fewer evangelical Christians than, than uh, Saudi Arabia. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, I right. mean, the world is on fire. So yeah. we're in a war. Yeah. So when you're in a war, you need to have the attitude of a soldier. I was just reading in Madrid; they opened up the first robot brothel. Yeah, in Spain. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I, saw, I, heard I mean, that. I think about how broken sexually we are. Yeah. We're yeah. now, and they think that eventually this will just replace even prostitutes at all. So there'll mm-hmm. be no human contact. That's how broken we are. Yeah. Mm. So I mean, how can we not have a war attitude about it? And it's not about violence, you know, but it's about. It's about having a, this kind of, this, things are desperate and it takes desperate action. You know, we can't just live, we have to live like we're in a war because we are in a war. Not a yeah. symbolic war, but a real war. Yeah, it's having perspective. Like I think Paul talks about um, the the whole military language in two situations. One, the the dedication to the gospel, the like striving yeah. for what God's called me yeah. to do, the passion, the realizing the the, re, the reality of the world, the lostness of the world, and, and passionately fighting for that. He uses the athlete thing as well, like run the race, like mm-hmm. you're going to win. Uh, but then he also uses that military language when he understands the spiritual realm, right? So he's talking about this fight, like understanding that it's not just what we see and the reality of the world around us, but there's this whole spiritual realm behind it and having the perspective that th- this is life or death, this is um, it's stuff that can have eternal impact, and it's having that kind of perspective. So I think he uses that language as well to really make us alive and awake and aware that there's more than what we can see. There's stuff in the background. There's a spiritual battle going on, and we need to be aware of that. And Paul was zealous before he came to Jesus and before he encountered Jesus. So it's all, and from my kind of perspective, it's almost like he takes where he was pre-Jesus and then just ramps that up all the more with Jesus. And, right. and how much more importantly, you know, his, his experience um, that, that, 
surrender to God that happened in his life and the radical complete change is, is just, I don't know, a beautiful evidence of what can happen when God takes over. And yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah totally. No, I, I think, I think really touching on all of that, it, it's a sense of how we need to approach our own faith and culture, that it's a battle. And a lot of, a lot of the language that Paul uses is very much language of holding your ground, you know, being, right, being right. prepared for the fact that things are, going to be difficult and so much of what we need to do is just stay the course yeah it's yeah. almost defensive military terminology in the mm-hmm. sense that there's yeah there's there's an attacking element of it but even within the the, the you know the stuff you're wearing the the armor of god right yeah. most yeah. of it's right. defensive most of it's right. resisting the schemes of the enemy and standing your ground and hold yeah. fast and yeah. remain on course unswervingly and so so much of it is first i think being aware of the battle you know i think we say this a lot on the show but uh how are you going to survive if, if, you, if you'd imagine yourself as, you know, you're a tourist and, and you just kind of take a bus to a battlefield, right? And you get out of the bus and you're kind of just like, Ooh, you got your, you know, you got your tan brimmed hat on like Chad wears and those tiny yeah, shorts. Right? Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> I, like I wear. Euro shorts. Or you're, yeah. Yeah. you're like Luke in his tiny suit. Yeah, he's wearing yep. his tiny suit with the. the uh, on, on the pony. Tails. Yeah, with the tail holder and everything. Yeah. One and arm. Like, yeah. The yeah. one arm. He's wearing the cumberbund. Hey, I had plastic vest. surgery on he's that got arm. The, he's got the navel cream going. It's weird. Um, but anyway, Evil so you're, you, you, you arrive in the scene. How long are you going to last in a battle? Yeah, exactly. How long are you going to last? Not just, you know, obviously, if you're not mentally prepared, then you're not going to be physically prepared. You're not going to have trained. You're not, you don't have the right mindset for what's going to come at you. Yeah. You know, David, you often talk about the idea that we are not soldiers. Sorry. We are not civilians. We are soldiers. Is that kind of what Paul's talking about? What do you, what, what do you mean by that when you say that? Well, I think it's, I think um, today Jesus is talked about a lot like he's the dream uh fulfiller you know like jesus is is here to fulfill my dreams when jesus is not our dream he's not here to fulfill my dreams he's the king and and so i think when i see him as the king and i see that the world is on fire then i say in paul says i should see him as a as a commanding officer so i go to him and say here i am lord what do you want me to do you know, and, and it's not about how can I be fulfilled, but what task do you have for me to, t- to do? What, I'll do whatever you want me to do, whatever role you want me to play. And it's, a, it's about a, it's a different, whole, different mindset than the one about I need to, my, to be fulfilled. I'm in the center. I need to be, it's about there's a war. Um, I have a certain amount of time on this planet. What role do you want me to play? Yeah, there's a there's a passage in one Peter that I really like that talks about that as well, and it's it's interesting because the beginning of the chapter he's just giving uh, tips to like the elders in the church, the leaders, and then the younger people. But he he says to the leaders, he says, "Be aware and vigilant," and he says, um, "Lead willingly and eagerly," and he's talking yeah. about having this passion and this desire to really serve. And then he goes into the whole thing of being in a spiritual battle, and he talks about the enemy prowling around like a roaring lion, and so he says, yeah. "Be sober, be vigilant." Yeah. And for me, like one of the most moments in my life where I became most aware of the fight that we're in and the spiritual uh, battle we're in was a situation that Kippy and I were in. We're in Zurich uh, a couple of years ago, and we were reading this passage together on tour as a band and just meditating on this passage. And then um, we're in Germany going to Switzerland, and I had this dream where in, in the dream, these lines came and attacked the band, and we had to run into the van and, and get out. And like in the dream, I was shouting to the team, get in the van, Cancel get in the, the van. Tunisia. Exactly. <laughs> and so 
Uh, and I never do this, but I woke up and I really felt very clearly that I was supposed to share the dream with the band and yeah. that we should pray. And because we'd been reading Peter, I was like, man, I think it's because, of, you know, the lions, I think it's like the enemy and the and spiritual in, battle. You're going to Zurich. So yeah. It's not like you're, yeah. Right. So it's like, you yeah. know, we're not in the Middle East. So we <laughs> met with the band and I'm like, guys, let's pray because I feel like this, this dream was a warning. And we prayed. And then we travel to Zurich, and when we get there, we're in this crazy situation where there are these hooligans having some party in the same place we're having the show, and they're coming and telling us we can't do our show, and eventually they're coming and attacking us. They're coming like in twos or threes and threatening us, and eventually they built up like around 50 hooligans. They've been calling their friends, so and crazy. the next thing we know, we look to the side, there's like 50 guys, and getting ready to attack and we're trying to call the police and we don't know what to do. The next thing we know, they just turn and they just walk straight. They march straight at us. And, and it was like some kind of like miracle, like down in the lines down or something. They just walked straight through us. They walked straight past us to the other side of the square. And as that's happening, the police arrive on the other side of the square and these hooligans just turn on the police and they're pounding on the police. They're police officers rolling on the ground. I remember seeing this, this policewoman with like a, uh, like a gun that fires the smoke canisters and she's like shaking of fear. She's just like shaking and they're outnumbered. And it's just war zone. And we're trying to pack the van down, pack the, the stage down, the equipment into the van and get out of there. And in the middle of that, I'm going, guys, get in the van, get in the van. And at that moment, Kippy turns to me and he goes, Luke, your dream. Like this is yeah. your dream. Wow, crazy. And so we got in, we got out alive, unharmed. Equipment was all good. And when we got back to the place we were staying and we sat and we talked to her like, man, this was like God preparing us. You know, he prepared us. I mean, you us. did get punched in the spray. We got, pepper. yeah, got pepper sprayed, me and, and, and the sound guy, Yuki. But we were just, not... Just si- pepper sprayed. We yeah. weren't yeah. seriously yeah, yeah. harmed, face, you know. So um, Denny, Kippy's dad, took a, took a rock to the belly. Stefan got punched. <laughs> a rock to the belly. <laughs> <laughs> cool. oh, the, 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 the old rock to the belly. A rock to the belly. A rock to the abdomen. A rock to the belly. How do you say that, mom? It's like when I say to Macklin, like, daddy's going to kiss your belly. It's like, I'm sure. Denny's like, oh, I took a rock to the, uh, the old chest plate. Yeah. <laughs> Man, you're telling this gripping story. I know, I was like, and it's I like, was... And then Denny took a little tap of the tushy. It's like, I know, oh, it takes all I'm the power, so much of the story, yeah, really. <laughs> so what happened? So anyway, <laughs> but, but just, we were just so aware of, of how, how God prepared us for the situation through yeah. that passage. And, and I think it, it's, that's a big part of this. It's realizing the fight we're in. And that's the point you were saying, what you were saying, David, that having the perspective of the fight we're in, of the reality of the world around us, and how that should change our awareness, our dedication to it, um, being prepared. And the fact that God had warned us through that dream um, changed everything because we knew what was happening and we knew that God was with us and we weren't on our own and we could do what we were called to do. People gave their lives to Jesus that night, you know, despite the craziness. And I just think that's, that's a big part. And it's what this passage is saying. I think Peter's saying... Be aware, be vigilant, you're in war, you're, this is a spiritual war, there's an enemy um, that's, that's wanting to attack and we've got to be ready for it. And I think that's, yeah. that's what we need to you know, understand in missions and in ministry today. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Well, and I think a lot of people want to dress up but not fight. You know, they want yeah. to wear yeah. combat yeah. Yeah, outfits look cool. and carry look guns, apart. but I don't want anyone to shoot at me. Yeah. Like, remember when we were playing paintball? <laughs> <laughs> we were playing paintball and uh, someone shot... Uh, Keston or Keist, what was his name? His name was Keiston. Keiston. He's a rough dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you tell the story about Keiston. Well, anyway, because all... It's not really that relevant. It's totally relevant. So Keiston is one of the, is the psycho guy that we invited to play paintball with us. 
And so this guy uh, that was in the other team shot him in the back. And so he walked up to him and shot him right in the head, point blank. <laughs> yeah, and he said, <laughs> he said, he said oh, if you shoot me again, I'm going to effing kill you, bro. <laughs> That's what he said. Wow. He didn't say effing. No, yeah. but, but I didn't want to put the little because, E next yeah, to the podcast. Because he was, right. in, he was into you know, fighting as long as no one shot him back. You know what well, I mean? My favorite memory and about I, that. So it does. It's totally relevant. It's like we, we have this Christianity that doesn't want to be shot at. And if we get shot at, we go, oh, no, oh, no. What's going on? What I like yeah. about that story is that day, so there's a game where you play offense versus defense. And so... All the munters were on defense, and Kyston was moving this giant crate to like make himself like a barrier. And one of the big rules of paintballs: don't mess with the surroundings. Right. And so the owner's going like, "I put it back, put it back." And Kyston's like, Rah! and he like throws it like fifty feet in the air, and it smashes on the ground. Yeah. And then we also had this nerd that tagged on with our party, which sucks. This has turned into the uh, you know yeah, 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 this is old. This and, is clearly um, taking so we were back. we had this nerd that tags on right. We all got like hundred and fifty. He's got like four thousand. He's got like four. He's got a fully automatic gun. Nice. We have like Lame semi-automatic guy. things. <laughs> and um, so, but he's on Aaron's team, my brother, right? And so he's like, he's standing there on the hill, like looking down at us, just, just holding on the trigger, out. just yep. constant fire. <laughs> and Aaron, who's this guy, is on Aaron's team. He's like, he's like, nah, I'm fed up with this dude. So he backs off into the woods and then shoots his own guy. <laughs> <laughs> he like shoots nice. him in the neck, and then the guy's like, oh, I was shot. He's like looking around, like, how did someone shoot <laughs> Who me? Who shot from me? He's like, wrong color. Like, That's what you get. Yeah. Peace. That's like Christianity when it's not working well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, so I don't know what that had to do with anything. But no, my thought sure. is that we want to dress up like we're fighting. Everything's yeah, yeah. symbolic, you know. Right. Um, when it's not symbolic, you know, we want to we we think spiritual warfare is not about warfare, but it is about warfare. Your example about what happened in Zurich. Mm. I mean, we need to be pre- and that's why we need to be prepared, because if we aren't, when someone shoots at us, we're going to run away. Yeah. And we're not going to win the battle. Yeah. And I, I think, I think, you know, Paul talks about that we don't fight, fight against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important because um, I really do believe that when you choose to be obedient, you know, the whole point of this, uh, this, uh, this whole series that we're doing, Hold Fast, Fight Hard, Stick Together, is that how do we make a difference? How do we, like, band together to make a difference? We talked about unity. Now we're talking about being prepared for the fight. If you do decide to make your community about reaching people, about serving people, about telling people about Jesus, you're going to come against some serious opposition. Right. And I think that that's what Paul is saying here is that right. you've got to not be naive that if you're prepared to do that, there is a power and a principality that you're going to come up against. Yeah. And I mean, I've experienced that where it's like, sure, it's a physical thing and people may do things, but you can almost feel a heavier spiritual weight behind it like even with those guys with Zurich yeah it was manifested in literal dudes right but there was something heavier going on there yeah yeah it wasn't just these guys yeah. acting that out right yeah and like the the, the dream before it gave gave that reality to it I think if it had just been like without the warning God gave us it would it could have just been like man we're getting attacked by hooligans but we're just so aware that there was so much more to it than that mm. and it's interesting you saying like as a community but also like in the realm of being a band how different it is when you're a band touring just to do gigs and entertain and how that can be, you know, whatever, light, fun, and you can kind of get lost in it as well. And when you're a band with with the purpose of sharing the gospel... It changes everything. It just, like, there's just a a weight around it where where you're just so aware. Like, a show will be exhausting. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, not because you're running around on stage, but just, just the... 
what, what you're giving emotionally, the spiritual battle, the awareness of, of, of what you're doing is, is, has eternal consequences. And yet how meaningful is it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Like I yeah, can't, yeah. I sometimes, again, I'm not trying to, you know, criticize other bands here, but I couldn't imagine if, if what I did was all about merch and thank you, good night, we love you. You know, if mm-hmm. it was just about playing these songs and then getting in the van and getting McChickens on the way home, that would be kind <laughs> of a sad existence. And yet... For many bands, that's kind of what it is, and they have to kind of find meaning in, I don't know, weird existentialism and, and, and kind of, well, we're a community or we're... Or you, you don't have to be in a band. I mean, as a believer, if that's your life, you right. know, not being in the battle and just which, getting McChickens on the way home. Right, but that yeah. segues to something, a, a deeper point here, which is it's not just that we need to be prepared for a battle, but that we're actually made for a battle. I mean, yeah. would you agree with that idea, Yeah, Jack? absolutely. I think for me, one of the areas where I've had to learn to fight is in my mind mm. and, and the, maybe some of the emotional ups and downs that I can feel as I've gone through the Christian life, you know, in the times where I'm seeing great victory, great breakthrough, I'm seeing God move, maybe provisions come where I needed it, or I've taken a big risk and I've seen breakthrough, or I've been up against a demonic um, issue and I've seen God come through. There, there are, is almost always a battle to believe that God is who he says he is hmm. over the circumstance. And so even though uh, I think that Paul is oftentimes talking uh, an even bigger um, communal picture, there is oftentimes for me this personal sort of internal struggle of like, man, I, I am built to believe that God my Father is, it has, tr- has taken all of this and, and has conquered all of it already and like the whole thing is completely over the you know the war even though the battle's still being fought the war itself is over there is no debate and yet I find myself kind of uh, like and so I think that's maybe more recently where I've just been surrendering to God this is okay well I feel this or I think this but the opposite is actually true, which I, you know, I don't feel like I'm a very good Christian today, or I didn't do enough for the Lord, or do I really believe right. Jesus in this? And and so I, I find that may seem somewhat um, simplistic or, or like undercutting what Paul's saying, but but I think that until I'm able to recognize my own internal struggle, it's it's very hard for me to see. Okay, well, wait, yeah. there's also. Uh, a much larger one happening. Yeah. No, and yeah, go ahead. You know, I was going to, I was thinking there's sometimes I've seen people react when we talk about this kind of stuff or when we refer to these, these, you know, passages in the Bible that are so heavy on the warfare thing and on the fight. People react kind of like, um, like, oh, you know, you're getting, getting all heavy on me or it's, it's like, um, wanting, wanting to see Christianity as a, it's, it's not, it doesn't have to be that intense. You don't have to be like, you know, everybody's in a warfare kind of thing and wanting to tone it down and just realizing how dangerous that can be. Because mm. I think if anything, that especially that passage in 1 Peter, what it's showing is that you're in the war whether you want to or not, whether you yeah, like right. it or the, not. You're going to yeah, be yeah. in a battle. Yeah, a, yeah, it's yeah. not a choice. It's not like, yeah. oh, there are some Christians who are like, they want to be these crazy missionaries and they're going to do warfare and whatever, but that's not how right, I understand right. it. I'm just going to do my normal huh. thing, you know? Right, yeah, yeah. But, the, but the point, I think, here is to realize that you're in it whether you planned it or not, that that's the reality. And it's actually a lot more dangerous to be in it and trying to pretend that you're not or trying to ignore the fact that you that you're in a battle because yeah. when you're aware of it and you're, you're fighting it, you're standing firm. And, and like you were talking about being in that position of being, being a man of God, fight the good fight, standing firm. 
um, then then you're engaging and, and you're aware of what's going on. But when you're when you're ignoring that, that's more dangerous. And mm. I think that's what that passage talks about: the one of be sober and alert, because the enemy is prowling around like a roaring lion, yeah. seeking to attack. Because if I'm not alert, if I'm not aware, I'll get knocked out. Yeah. I'll get taken down. And that's what I think happens to a lot of people. They're in a battle. They don't. They want to ignore that. They don't see it. And they think that that's safer. And at the end of the day, they, they, they can get shipwrecked. Their faith will get shipwrecked. They'll be, they'll, they'll be taken down because they weren't ready. They weren't aware. And the enemy just gets them like that in a yeah. moment of weakness. And next thing you know, they, they've lost it. And they're not, they don't know what to do anymore. They don't know how to get back to where they were. Yeah. So I think it's, it's really important to be aware of it. Well, and that's, that kind of goes back to what I was saying, which is you, you can't win a battle if you don't know you're in one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you're not you're not going to properly equip yourself. You're not going to train. Uh, you're not going to recognize this, the importance of community. Right. Because I don't want to go into battle alone. Yeah. Right. right. If I'm going right. to go into a fight, I better exactly. I better have some some people with yeah, me some to, to, get, to have my back. Right. And yeah. so all of it comes again. So much of this is so foundational. It comes with an understanding of who God is mm-hmm. and then a recognition of the spiritual reality around us. Um, and again, I, to your point, Chad, so much of it is in your head, right? Mm-hmm. Hollywood has created a sense in us that the battle is in these big, crazy spiritual manifestations yeah. in the world. And even what you experienced, I would say, is more unusual compared to the daily lies that the mm-hmm. enemy speaks, right? Satan right. is the father of lies. Right. And, and so, so much of Paul, his admonition to us is, is be unswerving, right? So stay on the course, mm-hmm. hold fast, right? Stand your ground. So much of it is, you know, the truth, you're going to get a lot of lies that tell you the opposite thing. Don't listen, stay strong, stay, stay the course. Don't deviate from what you know is true. And I think so much of fighting the battle is fighting lies. And the way you fight lies is by knowing the truth, which is found in the word of God and and being in a community where we're, when we've gotten off, going back to our first topic, someone can pull us back and say, no, you're, you're not seeing this right. Let, let, Let us look at this together. Um, and that's so yeah. much a part of what spiritual warfare really is. Yeah, yeah. As as I heard you speaking, Ben, I just felt like the Lord was was um, encouraging me that somebody, maybe somebody's, is going to be hearing this, and especially what you were just sharing, and it's going to really hit them to the core because they haven't been in community. They've been dealing with the kind of mind lies and mm-hmm. and realizing. So, Jesus, we just pray right now yeah. for that person or people who are listening, who, who, uh, whose hearts right now are being cut to the core and realize they need to repent, they need to go mm. back into community, they need to forgive others, uh, they need to be forgiven from others, and Lord, that you're going to bring amazing healing and breakthrough into their lives. Mm-hmm. Um, so we welcome your power to touch down on uh, anyone who needs this as a prophetic um, kind of like, like restart and starting over. Let today be that day. Thank yeah. you, Lord. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, this is uh, part two of Hold Fast, Fight Hard, Stick Together, kind of our theme on how to be fruitful. It's kind of the same theme as always, looking at it through different lenses in Scripture. Um, first one being be together, have, have real community and unity. And the second is be prepared for a fight, which is really linked to the first one, mm-hmm. right? Because we're right. not meant to do this fight alone. No. Um, and so I, I think that, that if we would take on Paul's warning, because like you said, Luke, we're in a, we're in a fight whether we want to be or not. It's just the spiritual reality of things. But then going to what you said, Chad, the battle's been won, right? Yeah, it's not this yeah. like thing that's in mm-hmm. contention and we have to worry what side are we on. The battle's yeah. won, yeah. right? And the truth is, it's true. Yep. And, 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 we, and then we're also given the Holy Spirit to be able to, to walk out that truth and, and, and to be able to sustain it. It's not, mm. our journey with God is not this perilous tightrope that we're just any, any minute we're off course. 
Um, but we do need to know that we're in a, in a battle and we do need to be prepared to fight. And, uh, yeah. and I, I think that when we do, when we step into that battle, that's also kind of counterintuitively where real life is yeah. because we're not meant for, uh, for video games and Cheeto dust. <laughs> <laughs> video games and Cheeto I'm dust. I'm looking at you, David. Yeah. Yes, that's right, Ben. Yeah, yeah, I, he was looking at you. I couldn't agree more, you know, and uh, thank you. <laughs> Does that mean you will no longer eat Cheetos and play video games? No, no. Let no, it be I known. Don't, I don't play video games. If you want to be <laughs> with your mama, then go ahead. Anyway, listen. <laughs> listening to thank you for I'm the provoking lost. whatever. What does that mean? <laughs> what do you mean? Where are we? Be with your mama. If you, wanna, you didn't hear the first part. If you want to be living with your mama, then oh, go I on. Oh, I see. I see. Yeah, yeah, you should. Luke, Luke, Luke lives oh, with his mama. Luke, you don't. Live with your mother, do you? Uh, Does I, she I apply live, cream? I live with my wife and my two children. Does she apply cream to your belly? <laughs> to your little belly? I rock to Boy, the belly. Boy, you really tanked on that really epic story. So let that and be the final note of this podcast. Thank you for listening. Uh, go ahead and sign up for all of our stuff. Exactly, all of our stuff. <laughs> rate, subscribe. Go on the iTunes. Hey, rate. there's somebody and you're like, man, they got to hear this series. This they have you. to hear it because uh, I was so I inspired. No, no. <laughs> don't go Jamaican no, now. No, <laughs> You don't do the accents don't because there's only Jamaican. one. Don't go Jamaican. Yeah. <laughs> Listen to the Provoke and Inspire podcast. Subscribe, rate, and review. We will talk I to you next it. time. Peace. Thanks for listening to Provoke and Inspire, the official Come and Live podcast. To hear past podcasts, go to comeandlive.com. Got a question for the guys? Send it in to provokeandinspire at comeandlive.com.